been on a series of messages uh, quite accidentally on my part, nothing accidental on God's part. Uh, you know, the mo- February is the month of love, Valentine's Day and hearts and candy and all, all of that stuff. And I kind of went on a journey, uh, I think maybe more toward the end of January to preach a message called the Shema. And if you'll remember that, it was written in Mark 1230, the great Shema, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's known in, in the Hebrew faith, the Judaic faith, as the Shema. I came back after that and preached a message on the uh, Chesed, which is another part of the Hebra- Hebraic faith from Mark chapter 12, verse 31, where it says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So we moved through two phases of that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And Jesus said that the second command is exactly like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> and the Lord kind of expanded the, the panoramic view of that by telling us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48, which was my third message in the series about love your enemies. And so um, we had three different sermons, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor, and love your enemies. But stuck in the middle of all of this is a phrase that's connected to the chesed, which is love your neighbor, here's the, here's the hidden commandment, as yourself. Love yourself. Now, what I'm not talking about is self-love, self-adoration, because quite frankly, once you enter into self-love and self-adoration, then you, you, move, you morph right over into idolatry, which is an absolute offense to God, so you can't do that. What I am talking about, though, is appreciating who you are in Christ, is appreciating whose image that you're created in. Uh, this is a big problem for all of us, I believe, is that we don't like ourselves very much. We want to walk that course of the, you know, uh, the Shema, loving the Lord with all our heart, and we want to walk that course of the Chesed with loving our neighbor, and we really would love to, even though it seems improbable and impossible to love our enemy, but the one thing that we don't do very well is to consider ourselves and to love ourselves to a degree. Now, please, once again, don't leave here saying Pastor Rick is preaching a message of heresy about self because I'm not preaching the self-love, self-adoration, self-idolizing kind of love okay but uh, hear me out through this message what I am talking about is appreciating whose image you're created in because if you can't appreciate who you are you're not going to be able to appreciate who God is and if you can't appreciate who God is you can't appreciate who your neighbor is and if you can't appreciate those first two things you certainly won't appreciate your enemies so it all starts with having a recognition of and an appreciation for and even a celebration of whose image you bear whose image that you're created in in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 27 it says then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness now as I as I uh, quote or read this passage of scripture I want you to hear the repetition that's in here when you hear repetition in verses you need to understand that the Lord is trying to drive something 
home through our, our thick heads. Okay. Uh, there's a whole lot of repetition right here in this one passage. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of repetition going on here, and we're not created in the image of some animal. Uh, you know, I, I mean, my relatives, I don't want to better not say it. Hopefully, cut this out of the video. My, some of my relatives may look like baboons, but they, we didn't come from baboons, okay? We are not raised from monkeys. I wasn't created in the image of a, an amoeba. <coughs> I, I, I wasn't created in the image of a blob. <coughs> I was created in the image of God. You were created in the very image and likeness of God. Are you hearing me? <coughs> Please, y'all, forgive me as I work, push through all this stuff. I'll baptize my vocal cords a half a dozen times in the message and maybe have an ulcer too. So you and I, the image and in the likeness of God. You see, if we don't have an appreciation for who we resemble, whom we mirror, we are never going to love our neighbor. We're never going to love our enemy. If you can't love your neighbor, then you're not loving God. That's a clear indication. And it all comes back to you don't love yourself very much. We are created in the image of God. Number one on your handout. <coughs> the image of God is a foundational concept in Christianity, and it's a foundational concept in understanding what your own significance is and in what your own purpose is. If you don't recognize your own significance here on planet Earth, and then you will never, certainly never recognize your purpose here on planet Earth. And if you don't recognize your significance in Maybe there's some of you that can look in the mirror and go, well, I don't really like what I see on the exterior, but it's about what's on the inside. And it's interesting that, that one of the kids brought a potato head this morning. Yeah, you know, uh, God works these things out pretty terrifically. Now, here's what happens, though. Sin comes in, and, and, and whether it's a sin that we have committed specifically or it's a sin that's been committed against us, I want you to understand that that doesn't change the fact that you're created in the image of God. What it does change is your own perspective of it, and it distorts that image, especially in your own hearts and your own minds. Again, the sin that you've committed or the sins that have been committed against you, the things you remember from your past, the things you've done, or the things that have been done to you, cause you to see something different in the mirror image than the exterior part that's looking back at you because you know the true stuff on the inside and what it does is it doesn't change the fact that you're created in the image of God it simply distorts and perverts your view of it can I get an amen shame sets in and it causes us to view ourselves as dirty it causes us, us to view ourselves as useless. Guilt finds root, takes root, and it causes us to view ourselves as worthless. It causes us to view ourselves as cheap, unusable, 
And the reason that I'm taking this path this morning is that we are instructed to love others as we love ourselves. We are to love our enemies as we love ourselves. And in fact, we are to love God as we love ourselves. And frankly, ourselves part is the big problem. We don't love ourselves very much, and I'm going to say this again for the sake of having no one interpret me wrong here. I'm not talking about self-adoration, self-idolization, and self-love. I'm talking about appreciating who you are created in the image of God. Can somebody say amen? (coughs) Excuse me. Y'all just have to bear with me. that'll help or I'll choke one of the two either way it'll be entertaining so (laughs) Uh, I won't be shaking hands after church either I will be fist bumping oh so stay right there all right very good Lord bless her Jesus (coughs) so the problem is number two is we don't like self very much just you after all hey it's just me I'm not supposed to think very much of myself and I believe very much that how we feel about ourselves translates how we love God how we love our neighbors and how we love our enemies I think that there's a reason why uh, that in the midst of all that it says love your neighbor as yourself remember this The Shema was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And Jesus says, and the second commandment is just like it. Okay? Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus goes on to expand the panoramic view by saying, love your enemies. And it gives us a clear indication that this is a sign of how we love God. Okay? So how you view, view yourself, how I view myself, is a direct Example of how I view God. And I want you to get this into your spirit. And I believe it's time that we quit seeing ourselves through the filter of the past. Amen? Uh, quit seeing ourselves through the filter of the past and start recognizing that we are created in God's image and that we are loved by Him. In fact, He calls you and I His beloved loves us we've got to forget the past and we've got to move on from to move on from the past because the enemy the the great (coughs) excuse me accuser of the brethren he always wants to come back and remind you and me and what I'm hoping that you'll get from this start loving yourself and I'm not talking about self-help here go look in the mirror and say you know, ten times, I feel happy, I feel healthy, I feel terrific. No, I'm not talking about that. Recognize who you are in, the, in who, who is in you, Christ in you, and in whose image you are created. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Oh, thank you, dear. Bless your heart. I'll put this with my stock here in my drawer I in my drawer that's the day quill speaking 
bless you sister thank you very much number three on your paper God's choice God's love for you and his choice for you that's what determines your worth and your significance I could look at my past and I'm not going to go through the junk of my past I don't want to relive any of that even by retelling it but if I went through my past there's enough stuff in my yesterdays <coughs> to absolutely absolutely screw up my todays there's enough stuff in my past to absolutely not only screw up my todays but dictate and eliminate my tomorrows I got enough I got baggage amen and the enemy wants to come and remind me of that stuff and wants me to begin to dwell in the stuff that happened in the past and I don't have to I got to forget those things that lie behind and I got to press on to the mark of the high calling of God to, to have an understanding of why he even chose me but the fact that he chose me the fact that he chose you Steve is what's paramount in this message today. The fact that he chose you, the fact that he loves you, that's what determines your worth. That's what determines your significance. Not your past. No, 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 no. The thing is that we've got to get past the insecurities about ourselves. You need to stop believing the lies of the enemy that say that you're worthless. You need to resist the lie that says that you were a mistake. Some of you have been told that from the time you could understand language that you were a mistake, whether it was told directly to you or whether you overheard it in a conversation, that you were never intended, that you were a mistake, but that is a lie. You need to stop thinking about the fact and, and, and residing in that place that says that you're inadequate, that you're deficient, that you'll never measure up that you'll never be enough. Don't believe that lie because you were loved by God, you were chosen by God, you were created in the image of God, and that determines your worth, and that determines your significance. I wish somebody would praise the Lord in the house of God. And what do you have to do, and what I have to do regularly, did you hear me? It wasn't like I did this one time and I never have to do it again. Regularly, I have to replace the lies of the enemy with God's truth that says that I'm loved, God's truth that says that I'm worthy, God's truth that says that I'm wanted, God's truth that says that I'm accepted, God's truth that says that I'm significant. Can I get a, an amen from somebody? I have to understand whose image I am created in. And I have to appreciate that fact before I can ever love myself. And I have to love myself before I can love my neighbor. And the proof in the pudding that I love, my, uh, that I love the Lord God with all my heart and soul is how I love my neighbor. So can you see the chain reaction here? That if I don't love myself, I'm not even going to love God. That's profound and daunting. 
to consider. I have to get a better image of self. And I'm going to repeat it again. I'm not, I'm not propagating a message of self-worship. I'm not propagating a message of idolatry of self is the most important thing because we always consider others more than self. But even in that, in this message today, I can think about, well, then if I don't consider myself in the image of God, I'm certainly going to consider others only to that degree, to that level, to that bar. Are you all on Dayquil too? It's just pretty quiet out there. Number four. Replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word that says that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verse 4. I will praise you for I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. I'm not an accident. I'm not a happenstance. I'm not somebody's night of loose passion. I'm created by God. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by the hands of God. You get that in your spirit, you'll begin to think better of yourself, and it will, it will automatically reflect itself in what you think of others, especially your enemies, and most importantly, what you think of God. Replace, number five, replace the enemy, the lies of the enemy with the truth of word, God's word that says that you're his treasure, and get this, you're his masterpiece. I like that word from the New Living Translation, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. Mm. When God, Steve, makes a masterpiece, he doesn't make anything with flaws. I got to go to my shop for a minute. I just made some tables. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But if you can see the errors... And the places I patched and the places I plugged, you would recognize it's short of a masterpiece because a masterpiece is perfect. I don't know why the Lord keeps having me speak to you this morning. Maybe you need this specifically today. Maybe I better go over here for a little while so you don't start feeling self-conscious. I don't know why I keep looking directly at you, Jeremy. (laughs) You and I, we see the flaws. We see the places. We see the place that the hole's plugged or the, a little piece of wood has been put in there to, you know, hide a gap. That's, that's short of a masterpiece. A masterpiece has no flaws. A masterpiece is created perfect in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. I wish you and I could begin to see that we are God's treasure And that we are his masterpiece. Number six, replace the lie that says you're worthless with the truth of God's word that says you're the apple of his eye. Woo! Yeah, I'll take it. He loves me. He wants me. He desires me. I'm important to him. Amen. I wish you, if you got this, you'd be shouting up a Pentecostal storm in this house this morning. Psalm 17, verse 8, keep me as the apple of your eye. Number seven, don't believe the lie that you don't belong or that you're unaccepted. And replace that lie with the truth of God's word that says that you are a child of God. 
<coughs> you're an offspring of God. You're a creation of the Lord. John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You, you know, you weren't found under a rock. How many of you had your parents tell you that? Where did I come from? Well, I found you under a rock. Nobody? No? Huh? The mailman told you that? How many of you, your parents ever told you that, uh, that um, they stole you from the Indians and the Indians were going to come get you someday and take you back? I'm the only one that's really screwed up in the house. I'm, a, I'm the only absolute mess. Maybe I ought to go sit down there and y'all. Check this out. Here are these words. This should be on the, uh, the wall up here from John Eldridge. He's the author of Wild at Heart. He says this statement. Oh, please get this. You're not what you think you are. There's a, there's a glory to your life that the enemy fears, and he is hell-bent on destroying it before you can act on it. If he can keep you and, you and me in the past, in the era of our life, when we were, in all respects, worthless and broken and filthy, whether due to our own doing or the doing of someone else, if he can keep us there, then he can keep us from becoming what God wants us to be. He can keep you and I from living the life that we were born to live. He'll he do everything that he can to keep, the, to keep you in the race, but just short of the finish line. Just short of the finish line. Here's a great statement, too, from, uh, believe it or not, a book called The Missing Commandment, Love Yourself. The author is Jerry Bassel. He says this, and I believe this with all my heart. God desires to heal our self-hatred, our self-condemnation, self-contempt, and negative self-talk. When we come into agreement with who the Father says we are as his beloved children, and when we are able to love ourselves the way he loves us, we also become better able to trust his heart and to love others in return. The only validation that you need, brothers and sisters, is the validation of God's approval in your life. That's number eight on your paper. Let God's approval be your validation. I don't need the validation of any human being. I mean, I desire in the flesh, I desire the validation of my bride. I, I live for her approval. I live for her esteem. In this earthen realm, there's only one human being that I truly desire to please, and that is my bride. But in the overall scheme of things, the only validation that I need in life is the approval that I get from my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Who loves me even when filth is on me. Who loves me even when I'm down and out, and even when my head and my heart take me back to a head and heart space that I don't ever want to go back to. The Lord loves me, and he reaches for me, and he, and he picks me up, and he brushes me off, and he says, you're my son, and he holds me close. Yeah. 
I only need that validation. I wish somebody to give the Lord a praise in the house of God. But when our identity is based on shame, when our identity is based on lies rather than centered on the truth of God, who God made us to be, we will often struggle with the need for validation. And we will constantly need the approval of others. We will constantly need the affirmation of others to feel okay about ourselves. And if I don't get the affirmation and the approval of another human being, then I am now worthless or second rate. Got to get that out of your head and your heart, brothers and sisters. You don't need my approval. You don't need my validation. Matter of fact, let's just do this. This is not a joke right here. I want you to look at the neighbor next to you and just say, I don't need your approval or validation. Look to your other neighbor, you know, your second choice, and say, I don't need your approval or validation. Okay, now come back to me now. Look to heaven, point up and say, I only need your approval and validation. Do you know how God sees you? As he sees himself. For you're created in his image, in his likeness. And because you have Christ on the inside of you, he doesn't see all that mess. He doesn't see all that past. In fact, he's thrown all that mess and all that past in the sea of forgetfulness. He said, as far as the east is from the west, so have I removed your sins from me. And why do we keep a pocket full of past? And a pocket full of sins. A pocket full of trouble. A pocket full of pain. Pocket full of guilt, pocket full of shame. Friends, you need to empty your pockets. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Page nine of nine. That's right, I'm bringing her to an end. Looking for the validation and approval of others is the wrong validation ticket. In Christ, you are already approved. In Christ, you are already accepted. And I wish that you and I would let that be our validation ticket. You know, let that be your entry on the train, if you will. Amen. If you can believe it and if you can receive it, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of God today? Jonathan, you got something for the piano and the voice and huh? You got it? All right, well, come on. I want to close this. We're created in the image of God to reflect his goodness. When people see you, they should see the goodness of God, his character. We should we should reflect his character to others. That's how you love others. We should reflect his character to our enemies. That's how you love your enemies. For crying out loud, we should reflect his character to ourselves, because that's how you love yourself. 
And all of that equates to if I don't do these, then the first one don't stand worth a pile of dung. Excuse my verbiage. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and your mind and strength. And if you don't love yourself, you can't love him truly because when you think less of yourself, you're thinking less of who you're create of the one who created you, of your maker. And again, I'm going to repeat it. This is not a message of idolatry and self-worth and self-help and self-love. And Look at me, I'm something else and a bag of chips too. God bless the two that said, hey, hey, and come on. I'm just kidding. That's how we love our neighbor. We were made in God's image to reflect the character of his love and forgiveness. That's how we love our enemies. Love yourself. Loving yourself is the first step in truly honoring God for who he is. Please gather this into your spirits today. Let me say that again. Loving yourself is the first step in truly honoring God for who he is. I'm preaching up here. Etta's not preaching right now, so y'all quit looking at Etta. It's all right, honey. You don't have to leave with her. Oh, bring that baby to me. Oh, she smells bad. Get that baby out of here. I definitely don't want the stuff that's on the outside of that kid. <laughs> she smells bad. What a perfect... What a perfect wrap-up to it all. Thank you, Emily. That was beautiful. No, 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 no. I'm not going to come into the presence of God. I smell bad. My past. I can't come into the presence of God because I can't even chase God. Because of what I've done, who I've been, what's been done to me. Others have been. So loving yourself is truly the first step in honoring God for who he is. And that's how you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's how you love your neighbor. That's how you love your enemy. It's first by loving yourself. Bow your heads with me this morning. <coughs> Father, thank you for delivering helping me deliver this message that you've delivered into my heart. And Lord, I pray now that we can get this squared away and can get it right. Quit trying to love you, Lord, and quit trying to love others and quit trying to love our enemy through some religious vision, uh, lens and look in the mirror and recognize it. You created us in your image, in your likeness. You created us to bear your glory, to bear your image, to reflect your character, to reflect your love. And Lord, forgive my straightness and my candor here, but I'm betting there's a whole lot of us that haven't even forgiven ourselves for much. And even if we have, for whatever reason, we keep going back there and visiting that dead place. 
And I ask the Lord that you help us to quit going back to that place.